What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Kevin. And this is AJ. Uh, we just want to thank everybody for joining us. This is our first uh, of hopefully many podcasts of the Peace of Mind. It's a big um, night. It's a co- <laughs> it is. It is. It's a it's a college football podcast, but we're going to have a little splash of some other sports uh, as well as some, some pop culture. So we're going to touch on a little bit of everything here, but we're excited to get a, get started. All right, let's do the intro. Everybody, it's a big night. How long have we been talking about doing this? I mean, it's got to be at least two years, right? I mean, are you? Ner- I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I got sweaty hands. I sweat all the time, though. Y'all will learn that about me, but yeah, I, I'm sweating. Yeah. Like, I am a little nervous that people are actually going to listen to this. The bourbon's going to cool me down, though. I'll be fine. Yeah, what are you drinking? <laughs> little, little Weller Twelve. I thought I'd. I'd spice it up a little bit tonight and do something a little bit upscale for our first episode. Yeah, for all the that don't know, AJ is probably the biggest bourbon aficionado that I know. <laughs> so I'm drinking a little uh, High West Campfire, yeah. my personal favorite daily drinker. Great. So we got the entire map covered for our first show. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so... You want you want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm AJ. Uh, officially, 05 percent of this podcast. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, graduated from the University of Kentucky. Played a little football while I was there as well. Um, I think you played a lot of football. I think I played a little football. You know, some would argue there's there's always more football to be played. <laughs> um, but yeah, excited to start the podcast. I've known Kevin for about five years, four or five years now. We coach uh, football together, and we're excited to get started. A little bit about me and my sports allegiance. Um, obviously, I'm a Kentucky fan. Doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, or you know, field hockey. It's it's all UK, um, as well as the Cubs, the Predators, and uh, anything to do with Braun. So. Those are not debatable, and you'll learn this from today to our last podcast ever. These are not up for debate. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, I'll tell you, I'm I'm Kevin. Uh, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. So a lot of you probably going to stop listening right now because <laughs> I am a Buckeye fan. Um, I graduated from Ohio State, although I did play football at the Air Force Academy for a year. Uh, like I said, I played a little bit of football and, uh, AJ played a lot more than I did. Um, yeah, we coach the West End Blue Jays repping them. Epic West End Blue Jays. Yeah. That's what they call us around town. (laughs) Epic. Yeah. After a, uh, 
five of one season. So um, after graduating from Ohio State, I got into coaching, coached high school football for four years. Uh, shout out to Dublin, Ohio, Dublin, Jerome, go Celts. Uh, after uh, being the offensive coordinator there, I came to Nashville to teach. Um, started being a teacher in 2015, took over the football program at West End, literally met AJ on a cold call. <laughs> First person I called was AJ, got him into coaching, and the uh, rest is history. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And we're excited to share with y'all. Um, the The gist of the podcast, guys, is it's, you know, it's two guys that just love talking college football. Um, the majority of our topics are going to stay in the realm of college football, but um, and football in general, learned, we'll yeah, talk if, about football in general. But if you've learned anything about us in this first three minutes, you know that uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. So we uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in to the first one and uh, tell your friends about us. And we look forward to growing our audience and our fandom from today forward. Let's do it. What are we talking about today? All right, man. So I think, you know, the thing that's on everybody's mind today, it's it's the national championship. We got to start there. Um, as corny as it may be and as not fun as that game was for some people, we got to start there. Um, what were your You initial... say it's not fun for some people, but I'd argue it was probably a blast for the majority of people. Eh. You, you could argue that. I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, just like David and Goliath, people are waiting for that giant to get slayed. And uh, boy, and you know what's wild, is, is, what's wild to me is that how anybody could hate on any form of college football game. It's like it's 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 crazy. My wife was like, <laughs> she's like, are you, uh, you know, like, are you going to stay up to watch this game? And I'm like. It's the last quarter and a half of the season. That's it. It's done. Yeah, that's it. We're watching it. We are literally in gray period until the final week of August. Like, yes, I'm going to continue to watch this 44 to 16 blowout until they drop confetti because, and then I'll probably watch after for like the three minute all year highlight that they're going to roll. Like, yes, I want to see all of this. All right. So what else are we talking about? So. That's go. That's where we're gonna start. We're gonna have some takes on some of our our top notch winners and losers uh, during the bowl season. Maybe touch on some bowl MVPs. Um, Kevin and I are also gonna break down what we believe to be our uh, our final top ten of the year. Um, rolling that right into who we think is gonna be in the playoffs next year. Because of course, if we don't tell you today, you won't believe us when we tell you uh, that we said it when next oh. December comes around. Yeah, and we'll point you right back to this podcast. <laughs> we'll let you know. Just remember, we own all publishing rights. So <laughs> if I put UK in my playoffs and they don't make it, we'll edit this out and we'll put Alabama in instead. So don't even worry about it. But uh, You're instantly losing credibility. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, we're going to touch on uh, – the Jalen Hurts lottery, and then we're going to have a special segment for you guys. It's our Mount Rushmore. It's going to be a uh, a topic that we continue to touch on, uh, or excuse me, a segment that we continue to touch on every week where we basically take the Mount Rushmore of a s- specific topic. Um, today's topic is football movies, so while you're listening, be thinking of your top four football movies, and uh, 
we'll touch on that at the end of the show. Yeah, and it's not always going to be sports related. Correct. So it's going to it's going to dabble into, you know, other topics cuz like our show, like AJ said, our show is going to focus on sports and a little bit of pop culture. We also credit ourselves as uh, some free thinkers. So <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about other you know, sometimes political topics, sometimes social issues, things like that. What we think uh, about those things, because we're pretty, uh, we're pretty open and uh, free thinking to certain topics. It's so let's get started. Yeah, um, let's do it. I'm gonna give you the floor, man. Uh, initial takes and thoughts on the national championship. You know, from a from a fan perspective, from a coach and a former player perspective, where you want to start? Like what, what jumped out to you first? What first jumped out to me was that Alabama got outplayed from a player standpoint and a coach's standpoint from the first snap. And maybe not the first step, maybe from Tua's first throw. <laughs> well, because yeah. Clemson came out, and they looked a little shaky on offense. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was overthrowing six four wide receivers. And you just kind of thought to yourself, oh, here we go. And then that first play set the tone. Absolutely set the tone. And so I was blown away that Alabama got outcoached and outplayed and just was lifeless. When they got down, they had nothing. They were lifeless. It was, uh, and and you mentioned that you know that first major throw, which was the pick six, and um, obviously, like you, your first possession, you you clearly don't want to start with a pick six. But even then, um, Tua and Alabama they came back. They had a great drive after that and scored to tie it up seven seven. They did. Th- they did. I think where you started to, or at least for myself, because. Going into the game, I thought that me, like probably the majority of Americans, thought that Alabama was going to win. But where I thought that Clemson had a shot was their receiving core versus Alabama's defensive backs. And um, one thing that immediately jumped off the page to me was, I think it was third and 14 maybe on that second drive. And to your point, Trevor Lawrence looked bad his first five, six throws. Like he did not look good at all. And then on third and 14, he completes one for 60-something yards, and they're right in business. And, and that dude got hot. Like, and I got, think from that, from that point forward, he was he, – he knew he belonged, and he played and threw like that for the next 58 minutes. Did you have a score prediction? I did. My, my actual score prediction was going to be 38-24 Bama. Um, mine, was, I, mine was 37-20 Bama. So, yeah, and 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 to to that point, I believe that Bama would come out. Um, it may be a little murky at the beginning of the game, but I thought that Bama's skill position, leadership, and and veteran status would carry them farther than Clemson's did. And, I would say uh, not even their their not even those things like just the the like intrinsic just belief that like you're Alabama. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like we've been here before we've played in the playoff every single year. 
Like, what's the big deal? The same Alabama you saw in the SEC title game. Yeah. Like, and, no big deal. And to your point about watching the full game, I, I think I think I'm I'm definitely in that bucket of people that even B- Bama was down 21, and I was still like, well, if they score here and get a stop, they're right back in it. Yep, like, and you kept waiting on it. Yeah, because th- that's the team you've grown to like it or love it. That's the team you've grown to watch and, and to some extent appreciate and say – you know, the brand of ball they play, they're never really out of it. But right. I'm, I, they're the Terminator of college football. Yeah. Like you yeah. just, they're never dead. And um, I mean, I don't like Alabama, but I appreciate them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a college football fan. Uh, like, I, like, I can appreciate how hard it is as a fellow coach, how hard it is to be that good for that long. I, I mean, I don't. As an Ohio State fan, like, I get it. If you look up the numbers from the last five years, like, Ohio State is right up there. I mean, Urban Meyer just retires. He's, what, 83-9, and three Big Ten titles, a national title, went to another playoff, and he's not even in the same, like, conversation as Nick Saban. Do you think that Dabo – because Dabo has two now, um, Urban has two. Where or Urban has three? Excuse me. But like, where, where's the line? Does Dabo need to get three to get in that same conversation as Urban? Is he already there? Has he surpassed Urban? I don't think he's surpassed Urban because Urban's got longevity. I don't hate that. I mean, to me personally, I think he has to win at least four or five more to get into the Mark Stoops category. But, you know, that's to be What do you mean point. four or five more? Championships, you know? To get if Dabo, <laughs> if Dabo gets the seven Mar- championships, I'll put him up there with Mark Stoops, you know? Well, that well, you just got to preface that by saying my unbiased opinion. Listen, of course it's unbiased. I wouldn't lie to you guys. You're my favorite fans in the world. I would never lie to you. Well, at Kentucky, is 10 wins a national title? Is it the national championship? It's not the national championship, but, I mean, it's it's pretty damn close. And, and we'll touch on this a little bit later. Um, I'm going to give you guys an early spoiler. Kentucky's in my final top 10. But if you look at all the teams that I have listed in my final top 10. You're going to hate me. They're going to, you know, they would probably be upset with where they're ranked because they had aspirations of being higher teams. I think that if, you know, in all honesty, if you go back to spring practice at UK and you ask them, you know, at the end of the year, you can have 10 wins and be in the top 10. I think uh, every guy on that team would take that. Yeah. So back to the national title. Yeah. I. What do you think? I mean, were Alabama's, Coaches or the players less prepared because of all the blowouts they had this season? I've never seen a team just decide to not kick ever again. Like, after one extra point, we're done. Like, yeah, is that a I, product of, of, of them puckering up a little bit? Oh, absolutely. But, well, and they, and they kicked after the extra point because they hit that field goal. But even then, um, you know, the the fake field goal just, I mean, those are type plays you see from inferior teams that 
that Alabama beats up on. That's not what you see from Alabama. Uh, you know, right. And oh yeah. That's, that's reaching. You're, you're yeah. hoping at that point. And if you're watching that game and you know, are a decent football fan, they lined up in that field goal formation and sat there for at least 10 to 15 seconds. There's no way they were going to get that fake off. Oh, no. Did you see the – they showed it. Kirk Herbstreit's talking about it on the replay. The kicker is – or the holder is sitting there and waiting and then has his eyes on the sidelines. And you can see, like, he nods up and down, like, hey, you want me to run it? And then they go and run it. <laughs> and, like, somebody in the booth – Said, yeah, coach, we're good. Go for it. Yeah, yeah go like ahead. Like they're back. Good. They're backed up, and it's just like, and I get it because you know, as a coach, when your players are better than everybody else's, you start to get cute when you hit a wall. Oh yeah. Like you, all the you, all of a sudden you're playing the game, and you're like, oh goodness, like these guys are just as good as we are, or we you start getting in your head, we can't do this, we can't do that. And, and so I get it. I mean, like they're backed up and you're like thinking, okay, this could be the shot we need. You know, if we get this blocked here and it's like, you're not looking at the big picture. Like you have your kicker in there and they still have the best D line in America playing. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and it's your kicker running for it. Like you're so caught up in the, well, we can block this. We can block that. Like if we just get this here and this guy pulls through and heads up on this guy, like we're going to be fine. And it's like, your kicker is running it. <laughs> I'll say this. They, I went back, I actually, um, not at work because if anyone from my office follows this podcast, I don't want to get fired. So not at work, but in my spare time today, I actually did watch that play. Um, somebody had it broken down in slow motion and they had two double teams at the point of attack. Oh, I saw it. I'm like, I'm, I was the one guy in the room that was thinking, guys, they're in a prevent. And it's, I mean, fourth it's, and six is a long ways, but if it was fourth and one, I'm like, you got them. It's not the play. Does the design of the play is not terrible? The design well, of the play. Works. Well, you know, coaches design plays for them not to work. I think the issue here is you you hope that everything else gets blocked, and then your kicker, more so than blocking, gets in the way for your holder. And what happened was you you got two guys getting their ass whooped up front on double teams, and that play goes for nothing. And I think from that point forward, um, I mean. Yeah. I mean, they're done. They're, they're, uh, Alabama was done. Like Clemson yeah, saw, Even though the game is not over and they could make a play, it's done. The players knew. Yeah. Yeah, the you can't knew. you can't show everything you got. You, like it's it's like poker. You can't go all in and then lose and think that you're gonna bounce back I mean, from that. Like you're done. And think about this as a player. I mean, we talked about this. How many kids from Alabama have lost by four touchdowns? There can't be many. I would love for somebody to tell me, like, oh yeah, this kid in high school lost by four touchdowns one time, mm-hmm. and that'd be like the only one. But so you're sitting there thinking when the Clemson receiver, I can't remember who it was. Was it Ross? Ross. When he dies forward for the first down? Yeah. When he dies forward for the first down and they call the fumble and they review uh, it. Yeah, it was Ross. And um and then the 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 sideline catch also by Ross, which is got to be the greatest catch of the season. 
easily. You saw Alabama players like just hoping, begging for something, just hoping because they. I mean, we got the fake field goal. We didn't make. It. <laughs> we line. We score a touchdown. Line up the extra point. It doesn't go in. Like the ball's on the ground. They got it. I like, mean, it, it just every point, play. It was. It was an ass whooping. Like that. It was. I mean, there's no there's no other way to to break it down. And to your point, like. When have you ever seen an Alabama team just, I mean, outright beg for a break? Anything. Right. Anything. Like, if if Justin Ross is out of bounds on that one-handed catch, you're still down 21 with less than 18 minutes to go. Like, it doesn't right. matter. Right. I mean, like, so, I mean, I'm, I know I'm biased, but I'm going to take it back to the first playoff. And when we got – when Ohio State, I say we – but when when Ohio State got the draw for Alabama, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, all right, like, I guess if you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best, and you're so have to beat them eventually, right? And so in that game, if you don't remember, Ohio State scores twenty eight unanswered, kind of like Clemson. I mean, kinda like Clemson. Mm-hmm. I mean, but here's the thing: is the last touchdown is Zeke Elliott with three minutes left in the game goes 85 yards. Oh yeah. And that puts, they go for two and Michael Thomas, just to name drop (laughs) catches the two point conversion play. And they're up 42 to 28 with three minutes left. And you think it's done. And that game still goes down to Hail Mary. I mean, they go down, score a touchdown quick, get a stop, three and out. And they have the ball on the 50-yard line with eight seconds left. And Blake Sims throws a Hail Mary. And it's like, that's the Alabama I expect. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, yeah. they didn't show up. And and to that point, like, um, we've, we've said this a, a number of times, like, hey, they didn't show up, they didn't show up, but – um, I'd be remiss if we didn't give Clemson credit and say they 100% showed oh, up yeah. and, and they mean, were ready. They were ready the, to go. Oh, yeah. And Trevor Lawrence balled. Like, oh, yeah. He balled out. Um, just a quick shout out. Anybody that has Clemson scheduled, uh, just go ahead and mark that as a loss next year. You guys are in trouble. Um, yeah. And then also to Kevin's point, Duke, we send our well wishes and prayers to you now because that first game of the season, you guys are – in for the oh, yeah. ass whooping of your lifetime next year. Oh yeah. I was gonna mention <laughs> that, you know, in this game, Alabama kind of lost that eye of the tiger. You know, Clemson lost in this game last year. Well, in the semifinal, but to Alabama last year. And I mean, it's just and then they got tested this year. I mean, not entirely. The ACC schedule was not that great, but they I mean Syracuse is a good team. And yeah. then you lose two quarterbacks in one week. One during the game and one to a transfer. And your back's up against the wall. And you're looking at, like, that's real fear. Yeah. Like, like it's it. This is it. And as a former player, you know this. There's been times in a game when you look at your teammates and you're like, this is it. Like, it's done. If this does if we don't win right now. It's over. We're in trouble. Yeah. Our season's on the line. And in this day and age, you know, that's the case. And – they pulled through and did that. I don't remember Alabama having to do that once, besides the SEC championship game, in which we later find out, and we'll talk about it later, 
is maybe Georgia wasn't. I mean, Georgia's good, but maybe they weren't as as good as we previously thought. Right, and so that was going to segue into my question for you: Is how bad do you feel for Duke? Because if Alabama doesn't have the eye of the tiger now, it's they're done. The dynasty's yeah. over. Yeah, um, I and again, this is just me having that Alabama bias, if you want to say, stuck in my head. But I fully expect them to come out and you know assert their dominance early. And it, like you mentioned, like being a former player, you understand like we were this close to our goal. Um, I mean, I'll dial it back to high school. You know, we we had an extremely good high school football team, but we never won state championship. But each year we got better because after losing so close to our goal, we came back with that more fire, more determination, and just you had that chip on your shoulder. Like, all right, we know what happened last year. We know what we're gonna do this year differently. To, to hopefully put ourselves in a position to succeed this year no that we didn't last year. No doubt. I mean, to reference Woody Hayes, his famous quote was, nothing cleanses the soul like getting your ass kicked. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> and, and, like, I mean, Alabama, there's no other way of putting it. You got your ass kicked. And I mean, on national TV, the entire world watched you get your ass kicked. Oh, yeah. And so it's time. You got to go. You got to. You got to go. So we're moving along. Um, We don't want to bore you all with another 44 to 16 thumping on Alabama again. So we'll tie that right into our next topic of looking at our bowl winners and losers um, for the for the bowl season this year. I'm excited about this. A lot of people will say, you know, 39 bowl games, way too much. Me and Kevin personally think we can add a few more because hey we like watching football if it's let them all football play. on the game like let them play but we want to dive into this kevin i i'll let you start you can start wherever you want to winners or losers who'd you have all right i think i did this a little differently than you okay i mean i, I just straight up i got different reasons but you're gonna love me on this one i think my first bowl season winner I put was Kentucky. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not pay him for this take. We have not talked about this at all. <laughs> I don't think they're the biggest winner, but to me, and you could speak to this a little mm-hmm. better, how disappointing would it be to end this season on a loss? From a coach's and player's standpoint, you're going to look back 20 years about how this great season, and you know how much of a stain it would be if, if we had lost and not only just lost, but lost after that, the lead that you had. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, uh, we did our best to transition from winners or transition from winners to losers. Um, but to your point there, I think that's what made this team more, more incredible than teams in the past is because when their backs were against the wall, when they did need to gut out a drive or get a stop, they got that, and yep. uh, we may or may not get to our bowl MVPs. But one of my honorable mentions was um, <laughs> James Franklin because I owe that, <laughs> I, I owe James Franklin a gift this year. Because honestly, I 
the only thing that was stopping Penn State from rolling at that time was James Franklin. And for him to kick that field goal and think that he was going to stop a Kentucky offense with Benny Snell running the ball for, you know, less than two first downs was just not true or correct. So I appreciate him um, kicking the field goal and giving us a chance to just close that out. Yeah. I mean, big win. What'd you got? Was that 10 wins? Is that the 10th win? First time since 70-something? Yeah. I mean, you got that's got to be a big-time bowl winner. It's got to be in your top bowl winners. I mean, first 10-win season. I'd hate to score Benny Snell breaks the record. Hold on, hold on. But but what else? Benny Snell, would he break the record, the all-time rushing record? Mm -hmm. And then Josh Allen, did he break the sack record in that game? Or did he already have it? He already had the sack record, but he added – three more sacks as well as a block field goal. So, you know, all in the day's work. Oh yeah. I mean, he was incredible. He's incredible. All right. So moving on. Okay. I got next up and I'm actually, I'm going to do three at a time. And I, I started the, I started these guys together because, mm-hmm. um, to me, these were program propelling wins. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking in the national championship game about, I think it was Herb street saying when, Clemson beat LSU, I think in 2012, that was the propelling win. It was the first time because they were Clemsoning all the time. They go up to LSU. LSU is really good at the time because they just came off a national title a couple years before. Mm-hmm. And um, and they go and beat them. And then they go on to 13 and they win the Orange Bowl. And then 14, you know, they're off and running. But anyway, mm-hmm. I got A&M, Texas A&M, okay. Cincinnati, and Minnesota. Okay. All three because of their program propelling wins for their new coaches. Um, To end your season is Jimbo Fisher. Because you had some close calls this year with Clemson. And, uh, I mean, that's a game they probably could have won. And they probably think they should have won. And so you're watching them whoop up on Alabama. And you're thinking, well, we're not that bad. We're not that far away. And then you go and just beat the brakes off of what NC state. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. Golly. And NC state's a good team. I think that's a sleepy team. Like that's a sleeping giant NC state. Like if they get the right coach, I mean, they'll be all right. And Cincinnati. I mean, I love Luke fickle for all the things he's done to Ohio state and for him to get the opportunity to go be a head coach. And, and what they did in his second year, I mean, I'm I'm looking it up right now. In the military bowl, they beat Virginia Tech 35-31. Virginia Tech, not a great year, but that's a good program. Yeah, that's I mean that's, that's a name that's record. a name that's brand a, program. It's a name brand program. You're right. Yeah. And they finished their season eleven and two. Wow. And they're one of their yeah, one of their losses is against the defend or the yeah, the defending national champs, UCF. Boy. UCF. So I mean <laughs> so take away UCF and their Eleven and one. That's a big time win for Luke Fickle. And then I love PJ Fleck. I don't know if I'm in the minority, but gotta row the boat. I love it. I love it. Be you, man. Be you. And you know that he has Minnesota going to Detroit, Michigan, the worst <laughs> city in America. Sorry, Detroit guys. No, <laughs> you're not sorry. I'm not. And I guarantee you. That's their Super Bowl. You know, and they, I mean, think about it. They, in the week before, beat Min- uh, Wisconsin, their big-time rival. 
And it's like the first time that had been done in like 18 years. And then they go beat another name brand program like Georgia Tech, 34 to 10. I mean, that's a hell of a win. Yeah. And so I put them, A&M, Cincinnati, Minnesota, all together as program propelling one, big winners for bowl season. Um, you know, I actually did leave one out as I put Texas in there too. Nice. That's, right. I mean, I mean, I don't know if we really need to talk about it. I mean, we'll talk about it in a little bit because we're going to talk about hit, hit, bowl losers, <laughs> their opponent. Um, yeah. But that's, that's, you know, new coach looking for a signature win to stamp their identity, sell their players, all that stuff. That's a big time win, especially in a state like Texas where you got to c- compete against all those schools. Um, and then my other, I guess my honorable mentions is uh, Northwestern and Army. I like it. As a service academy guy, you know, Army, I don't know if I've ever seen 70, 70 points scored in a bowl game. Has anybody? Is that the record? I think that was the record because um... – Auburn, Auburn also had set the record and then got eclipsed. Well, they were f- most. They, they were st- I mean, most six, points in one half, fifty-six. Yeah, which is just most points in one half. Yeah, and uh, I mean Army. I've never seen a team n- less motivated to play in a game than Houston. <laughs> and and I saw, pretty- I saw in the top twenty-five, like the way too early top twenty-five on ESPN, that they had Army at twenty-five. Like they're I- terrible five years ago. Terrible. So that's it. I got Kentucky, Army, Northwestern as my honorable mention. Mm-hmm. I got AM, Cincinnati, Minnesota, Texas as big wins for a program. Okay. What do you got? So I'll, I'll, go, I'll start the other way around. My honorable mentions, to, to your point, one was Northwestern um, being down 20 to three. And I, oh, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember it because we were definitely out drinking heavily. A lot of Yeti waters, nothing else. But well, hey, uh, that's New Year's Eve. Uh, shout out. Yeah, and so Kate, oh, Kate, Sam, and Sam. Definitely shout out to our friends. Kate, Congratulations, Sam and, and Sam Grayson. Congrats on the the engagement. But yeah, prior we were, to that engagement, well, during we were talking about or yeah, during the engagement, we were talking about how you know Utah was just a too good of an opponent for Northwestern. Defensively. draw for them. It just wasn't a good fit. And, hell, we look up and Northwestern runs off 28 straight in the fourth and, and wins the game. Yeah. Didn't Sam Grayson, didn't he coach Northwestern in NCA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot that about is, that. <laughs> is that old, is, uh, you know, like he got engaged and put a little Northwestern magic in there? The good old NCAA. Um Dynasties. We'll we'll definitely have to bring yeah, we'll, that up in the later episode. Oh yeah, go go Cowboys. <laughs> but so, of course, Northwestern. But then added to that, um, one of my other honorable mentions was UAB. Um, love what they're doing with that program. Like going from being shut down as a program two years ago to now bouncing back and not only making a bowl game but winning a bowl game is huge. And I think it. It'll do a lot to propel that program. So it was, it was just one of those feel-good stories to see. Uh, yeah, because they made it last year. Yeah. They they got smacked by Ohio in the Bahamas Bowl. I think it was like 41-6. What a great bowl. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 somebody tried to tell me that that's a bad bowl. 
they were like nobody was in the crowd i'm like i don't care i don't I'm care in i'm in the bahamas like, like, yeah. <laughs> what does it matter yeah i do remember one of my favorite bowl sorry side note one of my favorite bowl games ever um was it central michigan and western in the popeyes bahama bowl where um it was yeah, and the, they missed the extra point after the greatest yeah. play ever. Yeah, yeah, what a what a game! But, after all, I mean, the fact that how many times you see a, a a lateral play like that after a hail mary, right? Like I mean, you saw a hail mary and the laterals, and then to lose the game or no, they won the game. On no, the they lost. They 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 kicked the extra point and lost. The kid missed the extra point. He transferred from Alabama. Yes, of course, of course he did. Or he was previously the kicker for the Chicago Bears. We're not certain, but one of those. Hey, that hurts, man. Is that too soon? <laughs> hey, uh, as a current Packers, but maybe transferring fan, I don't care. So there's that. Um, number three on my list was UK, of course, for all the points that you mentioned. I'm not going to go back through them again, but 10 wins is incredible for that team. Um and I, I think it's going to propel the program in the right direction. Um, excited for to see what Coach Stoops is going to do. Um, you're not going to have those big-name players next year, but I think what we will have is a more balanced team uh, of production. So I'm excited to see where we go to from there. Is Kentucky a basketball school yet or a football school yet? Um, if we're looking at money, Kentucky's always been a football school. But we're growing. I think that. Are you serious? Money? Seriously? Kentucky oh yeah, football pulls in. Oh, it's not even close. I mean, there's got to be a per capita stat. It's I mean, not gotta... even close. That's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought Kentucky and maybe Duke would maybe, maybe be the be the breadwinners. But one eh, the, oh, well. One of the, shows, my, shows my knowledge. One of the first things I learned when I got to campus was actually football carries the campus shocking as possible but so then that leads me to number two who was baylor um for all the same that's true for all the same reasons that uab's on this list baylor had one win last year but not a controversy yeah a lot of controversy uh almost getting the death penalty um probably you know should have but almost getting the death penalty and to bounce back to now be seven and six and beat a pretty good Vandy. I, what I consider a decent Vandy team in a good bowl game. Um, that's a Respectable. hell of a season. Oh yeah, absolutely. Respectable Vanderbilt team. And so that's, that's a hell of a win for your program. And to your point that we talked about earlier, it's, it's, it's one of those propelling wins that, you know, tells people, Hey, like we've done bad things in the past, but, we can learn and grow from those and be a respectable program, do it the right way, and still win football games. So that True. was good to see. Um, True. And then to your point again, number one's got to be Texas. Um, not going to go into the topic because I'll touch more on it later. But, uh, I mean, they Today. showed up. That's a huge win, and they're going to return that quarterback next year to – um, a league that they already had a chance of winning the championship in, and that league that league's losing its top two quarterback contenders. Ba- Baker and who? Or well, oh, sorry, Kyler, Kyler and who? Kyler, Kyler and, and who? Will Greer. 
Oh, true. So both of true. those quarterbacks are gone. So it's like it's it's time for Sam. Sam uh, is it Erlinger? Erlinger. Erlinger. Our, yeah. I like to say Sam Tim Tebow Erlinger. Oh yeah. So it's time for him to you know grab that that conference by the reins and probably take it over. Honestly, they they like flexed on Jordan. Uh, it was it was bad. It was extremely I, bad. And yeah, I was surprised that just the the just I mean, how many years now? Fifteen, ten years that the SEC has you know kind of been ahead of the curve at the line of scrimmage. And I don't think Georgia owned the line of scrimmage all night. And and touching on that Bama game, where you still like Bama. I mean, we went over the stats yesterday. Yeah, they made plays. Bama, Bama was in that game from a a, st- a physicality and playmaking standpoint. They made some bad decisions and some bad throws that took them out of it. But you know, scraping two bad turnovers, they're in that game. Um, right. I don't think many people felt Georgia was in the game at all. I mean, I'm pretty certain. Texas Texas took the ball first and immediately drove downfield and scored. Like I don't think that Georgia ever kind of stepped on the field and woke up to a point where people were like, okay, that's the team that pushed Alabama to the brink. That's the guys that we were campaigning or some of us were campaigning to get into the top four. I don't think they ever got to that point. Right. Um, and so that speaks to Texas. All right, so what do you got for – your losers, losers. Hey, just uh, we're gonna start right off the bat. Big old blue baby, that team up north. Hey, I don't. Am I allowed <laughs> to say the school name on the podcast? Uh, it's up to you. Now your your Ohio State Legion may stop listening, but am I? Should I say Michigan so I don't use the the that letter? No, but seriously, I, I, Michigan is in shambles. And for somebody who follows Ohio State and I follow the rivalry, um, I'm a certified nut job when it comes to Ohio State and especially the rivalry. I'm the guy that can give you all the historical facts and the, you know, the score from the 1903 game and all that stuff. But Michigan, has anybody had a worse month than Michigan? I mean, Not you me. were. You're packing your bags for the playoff. You got to beat Ohio State, who is, you know, you've been the better team on paper all year. Ohio State has yet to put it together in an entire game. They lose their best player. You got to beat Ohio State. Even ESPN has said in the article, it was like, uh, it was talking about Northwestern, saying Northwestern's going to have to play better to beat Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. Like they had already given it. And then they go out and lose in epic fashion. Oh, boy, was it. Yeah. And then you don't get to play in the Big Ten championship game. And then the bowl game happens. And they're falling apart. Because, I mean, you think, how many starters did they have out? At least three on the defensive side, right? Devin Devin Bush, Rashawn Gary. Mm -hmm. And I think they had one more. But then they had Karan Higdon. Who's like, I'm gonna sit out, and it's like, okay, protect your fourth round pick. Like, <laughs> like, what are you doing that's gonna sit out? And I mean, so they got smacked by 
Florida. What was the oh, final? Yeah. Four, 41 to 10? Oh, yeah. It was It was bad. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. Yeah. And, I mean, so, I mean, you know. You know Sam. My wife is Sam, and she graduated from Michigan. And um, we're, <laughs> we're, we're watching the game, and I, I have to temper my cheering for Florida because they're just taking my, my least favorite team to the woodshed. 41 to 15 is the final. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, and that that propels them to, um, you know, the 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 players are not playing, and they you know there's apparently the Devin Bush argument. The team votes Devin Bush the MVP, and then he decides to sit out in the bowl game. So Harbaugh says, "Nope, you're not the MVP." Gives it to Chase. Revenge tours canceled. Winovich, and the team doesn't like it. Devin Bush doesn't like it. And then now what? Ohio State has two coaches from their staff, arguably their two best position coaches from their staff, taking top recruits. So, yeah, biggest loser from the bowl season is Michigan. Um, I also got, for a similar purpose, West Virginia. They don't have a coach. Uh, Will Greer sits out, and they lose in a meaningless bowl game. And they're kind of like, if I'm a West Virginia fan, I'm kind of nervous. No faith in Neil Brown? No. I got no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not at all. Like all right. I texted you today. I, you, are they going to recruit? You know, they're going to put their emphasis on West Virginia. I get they got good players, but uh you got to you got to be a certain type of way to be competitive in the in the Big 12. Um I also put Temple for a similar reason. They go out and lose their bowl game and you know they they don't have a coach. Manny Diaz says they're gonna come. He's gonna come coach, and he's there for like two weeks. And my dog and, Manny, uh, my dog Manny got a vacation on yeah he Temple did university. Then went did. right back to South. Beach. What's that recruiting conversation like? Like you get to <laughs> Temple, you know you're recruiting right off the bat, and then it's like, hey guys, I'm out. Sorry, I know I told you that I'd be here for you know to raise your son. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, man. It's South Beach. And then just bounce. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want to come to Florida with me, by the way? Um, and I don't so hate I put, it, though. I put, I, oh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of old school. Like, I mean, it's rude as hell, but. It's tough. I, I don't. I, I see why he made the decision. Oh, yeah. Especially when you just coach there. But I put them as a, as a bowl loser. Um, they're not my biggest bowl loser. I didn't really rank them. But I put them, I put a little note next to Temple in West Virginia. Like, where do they go from here? And so Temple or West Virginia is kind of getting their um, – they're kind of getting their foot in the ground. I'm wondering if Temple – have they hired a coach? Um, not to I my heard knowledge. Well, so answer this question. I know this is off topic, but they're, they're down to two candidates. This is what I was – this is what I read. They're down to two candidates, Don Brown and oh. Manny Diaz. Tom Brown being the defensive coordinator at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Do you, after losing Manny Diaz, go to Don Brown and say, hey, okay, like, uh, sorry, but do you still want to be the coach? I mean, as as an administration, yes. Like, you have to be able to put your pride aside to go offer the guy that he was in your final two. You have to. You, gotta, you have to be able to put that aside and go do. Now, if I'm Don Brown, I – I take it one of two ways. I tell them to screw off or I run the price up and I say, all right, well, yeah, you want me? That's cool. It's yeah. just going to cost you a little bit more. 
Yeah. And I'm taking it. If I'm Don Brown, I'm taking it. You just got unless you're unless you're prideful. Yeah. Unless Ann Arbor and I know Ann Arbor's a nice town. Mm-hmm. But unless you really want to stay in Ann Arbor and I mean you gotta go. I mean you had just had your worst performance as a coach. And I just did a quick it, search here. It's it's showing that Joe Rudolph, Wisconsin's OC, and then uh Northern Illinois, uh Rod Carey are the two uh front runners right now. Hmm. So what they so no Don Brown. And what they lose by? What was the score to that game? I have them as the biggest loser. I guess not from the bowl game. Let's see. Oh yeah. Okay. They lost fifty six to twenty seven to do. Yeah. yeah, they were up like they were up like twenty seven to seven or something okay, like that. Then... <laughs> you might get the last laugh in that bowl game, but your ass is grass in the yep. last week in uh, August this year. So. All right. And so then, okay, so I'm curious to see what you think, but my last loser from the bowl game was the SEC. Oh, yeah. And you I thought – rank yours. I ranked mine, and they're my top loser. It, uh, um, and for a couple of reasons. Your big dogs uh, did not come to eat. Correct. And, uh, the you know, the – the flagship programs of the SEC for this year, at least Alabama and Georgia go get stomped. Um, and we talked about Georgia enough, but then also like your lower level bowl games, um, South Carolina, how do you lose 28 to zero to Virginia? Like that's not a name brand school. Like that's not, that's a that's a that's a middle to lower tier Division One team. That's a basketball school, and you got shut out. Although I will um, say for Virginia, but, I'm a huge fan of Bryce Perkins. Just from outside looking in, big fan yeah. of Bryce Perkins. And so, I put down on my notes like, I granted they were six and six, and I get it. You got to play in these bowl games to mm-hmm. lose them. Um. But you're six and six. You haven't had a winning record in a bowl game since 2015. That's three straight seasons of not showing up. Now, depending on what part of the country you're in, if you're in the SEC, it's these games are exhibition. It's hard to get up for them. Doesn't yeah. really matter. And then when you're winning the games, it's like, well, see, look how dominant the SEC is. Yeah, and it's 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 always been that double fold. Um, one thing I, I'm not I'm gonna try to do on here is be as fair as possible, um, and you know that from talking to me. But some of our fans yeah. are not. But I mean, to your point, like you can't take the good when it's good and then shoo away the bad when it's bad. Like the SEC did not show up and perform. You can't say we're the top dogs in the top program, whether I believe it or not, and then not show up. Um, you can't say, well, Alabama is the best program because they played the toughest schedule. And then although, like, you don't see the bigger-name teams until the SEC championship, you say, oh, well, they played Mississippi State week six, and then Mississippi State goes out and loses to Iowa. Like, you can't – you you got to call it a spade a spade. And to your point there, the first one on my list was the SEC. Um, As much as I am proud of UK for beating a a very formidable Penn State team, 
the rest of the conference did not show up and did not. Um, Besides, a, I mean, like there, that's not there true. were some A&M, teams that did. A&M. Yeah, absolutely. But but when you look at it on paper, you would say, hey, if we're putting 11, 12 teams into bowl games, we should come out 9-3, and 8-4 and at worst, you know? And, and right. we didn't do that. So that's to your point. Um, I don't know if you're finished or not, but I had a couple I'm finished. Points. I'm done. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll recap. I got – I had the SEC – I had Michigan, West Virginia, and Temple. Okay, cool. So, to your point, of course, I had SEC as well for many of the same reasons, but mostly being your top two dogs, like you can't get just pounded on in the games that matter, um, especially for – now, I will say, when we first originally put down our topics, my number one was just Georgia and – purely based off of you can't go online and talk shit about how you deserve to be in the top four <laughs> yeah. and how they got it wrong and then get your ass whooped. You can't do yeah. that. Or, I mean, if you were to lose a good game. Yeah. Okay, I get it. If it's close, like Texas Texas is not a, a, a walkover team. Like, they're good. And so if they're you're gonna there get, and, yeah. and you're competing, cool, I understand. But to just get your ass kicked from the opening whistle, like, eh, yeah, you're going on the list. Um. My number two was South Florida. Uh, <laughs> you can't lose seven straight games. Like the That's this, tough. This bowl game, to me, was a point to, just like you said, Kentucky can't have its best season ever and end on a loss. If you're South Florida, you get to kind of put a Band-Aid on this crack in the dam if you get a win at the end of the season. It's like, yeah, we had a rough patch, but we finished it on a high note. We got something to build on going into the off season. You're building That's your boy seven too. Seven straight. Yeah. My guy, Charlie. Oh man. But you can't, you can't lose seven straight. Like you just can't do it. You can't lose seven straight. So South Florida's on the list. Well, you um, remember I told you this. So last season, Miami, Ohio is the first team to start 0-6 and, and then rattle off six straight to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And then this year, South Florida is the first team to you can go the opposite way. Yeah, <laughs> start, start 5-0 and, and finish and finish seven uh, with seven straight losses. That's, That's tough. Awful. Oof. It's awful. That's uh, tough. My number three will make you smile because they would have been my number three last year. Miami. Like, Miami has to just go and plead to the bowl system not to put them in a game against Wisconsin next year. Like, they do not want any more parts of the Badgers ever because they just get their ass kicked every time they step on the field with Wisconsin. It's very different that I've always wondered this. Because football is a game of trends, and the pendulum, especially with NFL guys like Sean McVay, is like it's just pass happy, you know, and I wonder if there's going to come a couple teams that just dominate at the line of scrimmage. I thought that Harbaugh might do it at Stanford, you know, because he kind of did that with Oregon. You know, when they go play Oregon, there was a game where, like, Harbaugh run power left and power right like 10 straight times, and Oregon is just like, we are not fit to play this type of game. And I feel that way about Wisconsin. Watching Miami play, it was yeah. just like, it was just like, 
we have no desire to take on lead blockers. <laughs> like, go ahead. Yeah, like, we're just here for the free gear, and we want to go home. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, my honorable mentions were two that you mentioned earlier. Michigan, like, you just can't get your ass whooped the last two games of the season. Um, and then South Carolina. But I got a different reason than you, because I've got a small bone to pick with all the SEC media writers and people like that. Um, little side note, Kentucky, five straight wins against South Carolina. And we've been projected to lose to South Carolina the last five years. Oh, yeah. And even this year, we're returning all the guys that we had returning, had us lose, projected to lose to South Carolina. And it's the second year in a row those media writers have been like, South Carolina's the sleeper team in the East. They're the team to look out for in the East. No, South Carolina's not good, and they're they're on my list because they walked in and got beat handedly. But you know what's team. wild is like, to me, that's the SEC bias that the rest of the country just loathes. Is like is like that is the fact that you could win the games, and they're still gonna pick the they're still gonna pick the other team. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's tough, but somebody's got to do it. Um, but, yeah, for, so for those reasons, um, they're on my list. I will say I do have one uh, additional loser, and <laughs> or it could be winner, depending on how you want to slice it. But the fans, the fans are the losers here. Because if, if you were a fan of Boston College or Boise, to go all the way to that game and have it canceled after seven minutes, everybody that's, yeah. loses. <laughs> that's a, I've never heard. It's the first time ever, right? <laughs> that's the first time ever. Like, oh man, you know how mad I'd be. What, el- what else? Like, I gotta go home. I gotta go back home to Boise. Yeah, like, can we not just like wait this out a couple days? Like, what's right. it gonna hurt if we play this game a couple days later? Please don't make me travel all the way here for nothing. That's, I mean, I never even thought of that. That's tough. That's, I mean, as a player, I mean, are you excited at all? Oh, no. That, like, like, hey. And you, you came think, all that way. Let's see. That that game was, uh, I don't know, that was Boise. That game was right around Christmas time. Oh, it was the day after Christmas. So you probably were already at the bowl site, or you definitely were already at the bowl site practicing. So you missed all that time up until Christmas away from your families. And then you don't even play the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think about it as a, like like I said before, I went to Air Force. And so your free time is very limited. Oh, yeah. And so when you're playing in a bowl game, I mean, first off, we were excited because my freshman year we played at the Armed Forces Bowl, played Houston. Nice. And we were excited because it's Dallas. Like, okay, it's going to be a little warmer. And, you know, it just turned out like my experience. I mean, it was a great experience. But the entire cadet wing goes home on like the 15th. Mm-hmm. We stay till I think the 19th or 20th to practice. And it was weird practicing at nighttime in December in Colorado at 7,000 feet and it's ice cold and you know, you, you get done with practice. You walk up to the, to the cadet area, to the dorms and there's nobody there. It's a ghost town. 
I mean, there's no professors, there's no students, there's no officers or enlisted men, like there's nobody. And you waste all that time. Yeah. And you don't get to play in the game. And you don't play like, oh yeah, I'd be pissed. Oh man, I'd be pissed. So for you fans, I feel your pain. AJ cares if don't nobody else care. Just remember yeah, well, that. At least they can rest their head on your shoulder. <laughs> Listen. Better that than their own pillow. All right. Hey, so, so hold on. Before you go, before you go, you had USF as a bowl loser. Yep. That's a tough draw. You said Wisconsin, like, or you're from Miami. Stop scheduling me against Wisconsin. I get it. Two years in a row. But if I'm if I'm scheduled against Marshall, I'm pissed. Because, listen to this. 2018, obviously, they beat South Florida. 2017, they win the New Mexico Bowl. 2015, they lose. They win the St. Petersburg Bowl. 2014, they lose, win the Boca Raton Bowl. 2013's another win in the Military Bowl. 2011, the Beefo Brady's Bowl, another <laughs> win. 2009, the Little Caesars Bowl, another win. So that's one, two, three straight, four, five, six, seven straight bowl wins. That's yeah, impressive. They show up. And that's one, two, three, four, five. That's twelve of the last thirteen bowl wins. I don't think anybody else is doing that. It's it's less of who they lost to, but how that loss came. Yeah, seven true. in a row is seven in a row. I get it's it. more of a seasonal loss than maybe a bowl game loss. But I get, I get to it. your point there. I get it. Um. So, with that in mind, um, what we else both, we got? We both crafted up our own. Uh, our final top tens. I think we decided to go just kind of snake draft this back and forth, uh, naming off our teams. You want to do this pretty quickly? Yeah, you've already lost credibility because I know the team you left out, which is fine. Uh, Just know they're not left out on my list. I don't know how you know this. I mean, what, because I told you you're going to hate me later? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, But I'll get it rolling. I'm starting number 10. I'm starting with Kentucky for all the reasons that I named earlier. Um, you beat a pretty good Penn State team in a bowl game. Um, you had your stars in, in, and me and Kevin go back and forth on this, but I am from the belief of, you know, if you're, if you're a guy that's going on the first two days, um, I'm not going to blame you if you sit out. So Josh Allen had every right to sit out this game. Benny Snell, there's not much more he could prove outside of breaking the record. Um, but I wouldn't have been upset had he set out this game. But not only did both stars play, they also played a damn good game. Um, Ten wins. You had four wins over top 25 teams. Like, Kentucky's in there, so they're my number 10. I got number. I got number 10 is Florida. Okay. I was, expecting, I was expecting a little more from that. Key here being end of the year. Um. Kentucky's my eleven. Okay. And I get I get that I get that Kentucky beat Florida in the swamp for the first time since when? How many times uh, has it been? Thirty one years. Eight, eight, 86, something like that. And so, but I mean they got the eleventh win and they beat the brakes off of Michigan. Oh yeah. So I, I give it to them. I give it to them, number ten. And then uh, number nine, I got UCF. Okay. Um, this is purely a pity 
<laughs> really a pity pick. I mean, I think they're a pretty good team. I don't think they're as bad as everybody thinks they are. Oh, no, not at all. I think, I think all. they're pretty darn good. But um, I'm going to put the teams – I think the teams that are above them are much better. So I know ESPN is going to do the politically correct thing and put them at number five or what? No, no, I think they're at number six or seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I got them at nine. So who you got? Okay, at nine I got Georgia. Um, kind of a wow. steep, kind of a steep fall. But um, to to my point here, you they were number five team already, but you handedly got beat by Texas. Like it was like you didn't look like you were prepared, nor did you deserve to be on the field. Um, and to couple that with, like you mentioned with Florida, their end of the year being good, Georgia's end of the year was bad. I mean, they lost two games. Like, uh, to me, um, that warrants a far enough drop, so I put them at nine. Um, and then at eight, I put Florida. Now, everybody's going to call me crazy because UK beat Florida, but Georgia beat – or yeah, UK beat Florida, but Georgia beat UK – and Georgia also beat Florida. Like, it should shake out a little bit differently. But to me, um, to the points that you mentioned, Florida was rolling late. Um, they beat up on um, a high-ranked Michigan team. I don't know how good that team really was. Um, but I, I, I know. They're not good. But they, they went in, they handled business, and I think that uh, – that team sh- for for a Kentucky fan and a guy that plays Florida every year, that team showed me some things in the bowl game that at least have me looking at that game next year. Like, okay, they're a very formidable opponent coming back, and will be tough out in the SEC East. So I've got I got Florida at eight. Kentucky gonna beat Florida next year? Ask me in seven months, and I'll give you an honest and accurate answer. You can't just give me a quick yes or no right now. Uh, yes, we will beat them as of right now. All right. I like it. Number eight, I got LSU. Okay. Um, I think they had, what, 35 players out that game? <laughs> either either not playing or they got ejected. Or so injured or ejected. Up. All of the above. <laughs> they're good. I mean, they're good. They're, they're always going to be top 10 good in my opinion. But uh, Joey Burrow, my dude from Ohio State, and mm-hmm. – little Ohio product from Athens, Ohio. Like, he finally had the game I think I've been waiting on Joe Burrow to have forever. This dude had games like this every day in high school. And um, excited to see him go to LSU and uh, transfer there and end the season on a high note. 10-3 and is a pretty darn good year. Um, So I have them one spot ahead at UCF. Okay. Hey, who you got at seven? Notre Dame. Oh, no, no, no. Georgia. Georgia. I got them. Okay. Yep. I got Georgia. I don't hate that. Who do you got? Um, at seven, I had LSU. Um, okay. Played, We're about the same. Played, yeah. thought they played pretty well. Same thing you touched on. I did I did think um, I'm a big guy, a big fan of guys who, you know, get hit in the chops and bounce back and – we talk a lot about, you know, people facing adversity, but boy, not only did Joe Burrow throw a pick six, but he got absolutely annihilated trying to cover that pick. And not only did he come back in that game, he drove him the very next series, drove him down, got a score. And I think that motivated that LSU team to bounce back. So, uh, 
That's a good win. Yeah. That's cool, Joe. That's cool, Joe. Who you got at, what is it, we at six? Yep, at six, I got Texas. No need to touch on it. I just think, you know, that's a hell of a win to beat up on a good Georgia or a, a decent Georgia team, uh, regardless if they showed up or not, Texas did. And for that, I think they deserve to jump. I've got Notre Dame. At six? Number, number six, Notre Dame. 12-1. and one. Um, I'm not as big of a Notre Dame hater, I think, as everybody else is. Um, I don't think they're as good as everybody as, as they were placed in the playoff. I don't think they were that good, but um, I think that's a that's not a bad football team at all. I, I so agree. I, one loss at twelve and one it moves them down to six, but uh, they just don't have enough for me to be my higher in the end of the year rankings. Okay. Moving on to five, um, I've got Texas. Which you, I mean, some people call me crazy putting ten and four Texas at number five, um, but I thought the way that they played in the Big Twelve championship game was surprising. Mm-hmm. I thought that was impressive what they did to Oklahoma, uh, even in a loss. But then, just what they did to Georgia, I put them at number five. Okay, all right. Um, my five, I th- we're we're spot on. My five is Notre Dame. Um, and I think now people will look at Notre Dame and think, you know what, that team's not as bad as we all joked and cackled about on December 29th because that Clemson team's really, really good. That's a good point. That's a good uh, point. Notre Dame at five. Um, I'm sure our our top four is probably going to be very similar, but I got Oklahoma at four. Um, I thought they were a really good team. I think they were one bad starting quarter. Away from being a really good team um, and being a really formidable opponent to Alabama as well. Um, that first quarter just hurt them, but I kept Oklahoma at four. What about you? Hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Sound like there we lost go. you a little bit there. I know you were pondering very hard on why I kept Oklahoma at four. That's my That's bad. Perfect. No, you're fine. But it's yeah, my bad. Oklahoma at four. I got. Yeah, I I'm gonna finish off with my last four. I got Oklahoma at four, Ohio State at three, Alabama at two, Clemson at one. Same, and I'm sure for all the same reasons. Um, but yeah, that's where that's where I ended up. Yeah. So I'd say. Biggest takeaway, Notre Dame dropped a lot. Florida instead of Kentucky. Texas, big jump. Yeah. I, I think that pretty much summarizes top, end of the year top ten. That's fine. And I think, um, sorry for you first-time listeners, we're going to give you a little tidbit here so that you come back next week. Um, we're going to table that uh, early 2019 playoff discussion because I do want to ponder on that a little bit more, but also want to get your take on the Jalen Hurts lottery. Yeah. Um, Who knows? By the time we talk about it next, he could have made a decision because as of today, Jalen Hurts is in the transfer portal. Great word, by the way. Portal. I think it, word. I, 
What a better way to describe the transfer, like the way to transfer as a college athlete. <laughs> like, like Jalen Hurts walks into like this hyperbolic chamber and like shuts <laughs> yeah. the door and it sends him to another college. Like, yeah, he's got the Alabama uniform on and then like it just magically <laughs> changed. <laughs> what a what a word. God, the listen. portal, that'd be incredible. NCAA uh, doesn't do a lot of things right, but naming it the transfer portal, that's that's high up on their list. Well, now we now we know why they don't athletes don't get paid. They spend all the money making the portal. Those, those transfer portals. That's why you gotta sit out a year. You just you get lost in the upside down for a year and then, and then you come back and play. Yeah. Um where do you think? What do you think? Where do he ends up? So I did some research, which you guys will start to learn. I'm not gonna do much of. I'm just gonna go off the cusp. But um Two places that I think got to be high up on his list right now are Florida Atlantic because of Lane Kiffin um, and Maryland because of Loxley, who was his um, OC. Wow. So with those two schools, you got to think like he's got some type of um, relationship with both of those coordinators. Um, They've both seen him play. They know they both know what they're getting. Uh, with, with Jalen Hurts, and he's also, like, I don't believe either of those two places form a quarterback battle. Like, he walks in, and he's the guy day one. Um, rounding out that, um, I also had TCU. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure if you're aware, but TCU's quarterback also transferred to Missouri. So, TCU's open and looking for a quarterback. I hesitate on that one, though. I love Jalen Deff. I just don't know if his passing fits the Big 12. I just, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But it's an opening position for a competitive team. Um, So I can see him going there. Uh, And then two kind of like outliers that I'm just like, eh, maybe. South Carolina, which I would hate for Jalen to go to, but it's, it's a... It's an SEC school, so he's used to the brand of ball. But I think, like, he's arms and legs better than Jake Bentley. So he's walking into a team that he's familiar with the conference. And he's walking into a team that's going to have some talent. But he could kind of get them over that next hurdle. And they could be competitive in the East. Uh, And for the same reasons I had Purdue marked down, I think that, Jalen functions better in a in an offense that can run the ball, can ground the pound, but he can run play action off of and and find some open guys and and use his legs when necessary. So those are the schools that I've got written down. Um, it'll be very interesting to see where he goes. Um, I one hundred percent agree with the the decision to transfer. I a huge Jalen Hurts fan, so I'm excited to see where he ends up going, um, unless it's somewhere in the East, and that god-awful orange would be terrible. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how this plays out. Where where, where you got on the mind? I'd be surprised if he ends up in Tennessee. Now, Purdue is so intriguing to me. I mean, if you're a quarterback, why would you not want to go play for Jeff Brown? And more importantly, Rondell Moore. Yeah, yeah. The best offensive weapon in the nation next year. I mean, that would be that would be uh, 
That'd be something else. I wouldn't hate that. Um, I number one, I think I, you got to go to Maryland. Okay. Um, that's a place where you're going to play right away. Um, my thing about Maryland, the only reason that he would not go is you're going to play Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State with lesser talent. I forgot they were in the gauntlet side of the Big Ten. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a that's tough because uh, your team's just not that good. Um, that's that's tough to me, but Loxley is intriguing. Um, why not Miami Hurricanes? I don't hate that. Um, got a new coach who's going to take over the defensive side. You know, hopefully they get a guy in there that's going to run the offense. And, uh, you know, it's a high-profile school. Mm-hmm. So you get a place to finish where you're going to be on TV every weekend. Um, people are going to watch. People are going to talk about you. You're going to get noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who needs a quarterback? Not so far from Alabama. Auburn. Auburn. Mm. I, that would be something else. It, it could you um, spi- spice up that Iron Bowl? Could, uh, what if he wins? Oh, man. Oh, could you man. Uh, imagine Alabama would – Tuscaloosa would burn to the ground if Jalen beats Tua head-to-head in the Iron Bowl? You, you've painted the imagery, and now I need it to happen. Or, I want it so bad. Or he go to somebody in the East and beat him in the SEC championship. Like that would just be, uh, that'd be too perfect. That would be absolutely incredible. Um, I don't think he goes to Florida Atlantic. Uh, I don't know about Lane Kiffin. I don't. I don't know if that's a big enough draw for him. Uh, but my last option here, it's kind of like it. Kind of like a, um, kind of like a, a weird situation would be Houston. Okay. Uh, because you said he doesn't really fit. Um, what school was it? TCU. He doesn't really fit what TCU is doing. If he's going to Texas, he's going home to Houston. Okay. And they got a they got a new coach, and Dana Holgerson, and that that to me doesn't really fit. It fits more, in my opinion, what Auburn's trying to do because Jalen can run the ball a little bit. He's not as athletic as, like, say, like a Nick Marshall or what they had in the past. But in the same sense that he might not be as good of a runner that Gus Malzahn might want, he might not be as good of a passer that Dana Holgerson wants, but he could be a guy to get them going. Yeah. And so you're going to play. And they got they had Ed Oliver. They had Tom Herman. They're enough in the spotlight. Mm-hmm that he'd get noticed. But to me, I think Houston's kind of a long shot, but kind of like one of those dark horses. Yeah, I don't hate that. I, yeah, and this is just my take on it. I've, I've been wrong once in my life, just one time, never more. Um, but if you're looking at it, I think if you're, if you're a team and if you're considering Jalen Hurts or – if you're Jalen Hurts and you're considering a school, I mean, your overall goal is probably, most kids' overall goal is to go to the NFL. So if I'm Jalen Hurts, I got to find a scenario that fits me the best. And to me, I don't want Jalen Hurts throwing the ball more than 25 times a game. Right. 
now. And it might be one of those things where he walks in and the coach isn't ready. Like a guy like Dana or he's not ready to throw it 25 times a game with the personnel that they got. Yeah. And he could, and again, he could very well become a much better passer in the last year and a half that we haven't really seen him play as much. But to me, I feel like his best asset is going to be, you know, he's going to be a guy that can control the game because he's played in a lot of big games and he's got a lot of experience. So he's going to get you in the right formations, get you in the right plays. To your point, he's not a great runner, but he can run. So you can have five to seven design runs for him a game just to keep the defense honest. You tack that on to a pretty good running game, and then the play action and the RPOs off of that to get him some easier throws. Well, yeah, if he's throwing 25 times a game, I, as crazy as it sounds, he's he is that old school Alabama quarterback that that you know. Um, he's the he, to me, that, that you know, but he, no, no, no. I, he's the he's like the buffer between that and Tua. Like the new age. Yeah. I'd say he's the buffer. You he could say he's not a great runner, but he, he, he can run. Mm-hmm. He, I would say he's like a good to great runner. I mean, we're just spoiled to watch some of these elite runners. He's not an elite runner. Yeah. But when the dude takes off against Georgia, like, dude can run. I don't disagree. He can run. So... All right, so where you got? Final pick. Where's he going? If if you ask me to put all my, my nuts in a basket, I'd say Maryland. Yeah, I'd say Houston. I'd say he's going home. Okay. But. Don't hate it. Just remember, uh, if Maryland is 100% wrong, I will go back and crop this out and put Kentucky when he's wearing <laughs> good old number two in the backfield for Kentucky next year. Uh, as That'd well. be huge. Oh, huge. Listen, I love Scary Terry as well, um, but you don't just get a guy that's you know twenty six and two every day. So, yeah, yeah. All right, man. So this is the what do you call it? The 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 not flagship. I mean, we were gonna we were gonna do a podcast on this alone. Oh yeah, just this Mount Rushmore's. This was going to be the the only, pretty much the only topic, and we were going to, you know, just go down all kind of tunnels and and <laughs> deep dark pathways of just <laughs> Mount Rushmore's. But what we decided on is to talk about something that we love. Oh with. yeah, and in the and in the future, we're we're cueing some kind of like presidential music. <laughs> we need dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, to your point, so, this is the the inaugural uh, Mount Rushmore. We will do this um, every episode, and to your point that you made earlier, uh, it could be about sports. We could do one on food. We could do one on cities. There's really no bounds. And as this podcast continues to grow and morph into more, this is the section of our or one of the major sections of our podcast that we're going to look to you all, the audience, to to provide some feedback. Tell us what you want to hear and what you want us to, to discuss as our Mount Rushmore. And uh, we'll definitely take or that t- into consideration. Or tell us we're full of crap. That too. 
That too. I'd prefer that you just tell Kevin that and then tell me. No, they're that. they're definitely gonna tell me because <laughs> this category I learned after doing some research, I'm not suited to do this category. I thought I would be, but I'm not at all. Here's the th- great thing about it. <laughs> Whoever created Mount Rushmore probably thought the same thing and then he did it. So <laughs> But So here we go, let's get started. Well, I was gonna say for everybody wondering, the premise is simple. You pick a topic, the Mount Rushmore, you got four faces, you gotta pick your, your top four, your best four, or the four that you wanna put on this Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Uh, so pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, today's topic, top four, I guess, the Mount Rushmore of sports movies. And I I made a list. I put my I put my Mount Rushmore on. And then I'm not gonna lie, I took a big old slice of I ate a whole big slice of humble pie when I did some research and I was like all our listeners are going to give up. Like they're never going to believe a thing we say because I haven't seen so many of these sports movies. I'm embarrassed to say, I like it, it's unbelievable. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen so many of other people's Mount Rushmores. So, my top four. Number one. Remember the Titans. Ah, okay. All right, we're safe. We're safe. Yeah. I mean, it's that's it's the in my opinion, it's my favorite movie of all time. Not just sports movies, um, but to me, it epitomizes everything that is great and important about football. Is before football has kind of been one of those few things that has closed the or, or broken down the race barrier. If you look through history, it's kind of been one of those things where black and white don't mix. But then when you put them on a football field, like they come together and it, they realize it's not that big of a deal. So remember the Titans, Coach Boone, Coach Yost. <laughs> what a movie. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, you can go all day. You can go all day. Um, number two is a personal favorite, another personal favorite, Rocky. Um, I think it's a Mount Rushmore for its impact. Uh, I mean, even to this day, the impact is felt. Um, Just reading back the stories about how Sylvester Stallone made that movie and, you know, somebody was going to buy the script, but they weren't going to let him play the part. And so he said, no, like I'm going to play the part. And so he didn't sell the script, but he's got no money. He's dirt poor. And he has the confidence to stick to his guns and make the movie. I mean, argue. I mean, he won the Oscar for Best yeah. Picture. I mean, it, and I really don't even think it's that great of a movie. But like the story is so transcendent. So you're I taking mean, you're taking a part one, part one, part one. Okay. And personally, I love Rocky Three. I love the fight in Rocky Two. Rocky Two is horrible in my opinion. Hot take. Like part two is recap of part one. Boring, 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 boring. Adrian gets in a coma, and then they fight. I mean, it's 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 a bad movie. Rocky three has got a lot of glitz and glamour. Rocky four is like patriotic. Rocky like, four is the best one. You know what's crazy is I saw on Sports Illustrated like it was like the number two worst sports movie of all time. God, Rocky four is so good. He um, ends the Cold War single handedly. 
Well, and then they they got the point where uh, Adrian's like, Rocky, you can't win. And he was yeah. like, in order to beat me, he got to be willing to die. Like, come on, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. That one's up there. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and they're still making Creed movies. And uh-huh. I, like, and I don't know if thought, have I told this, have I said this yet to the audience? Like, I'm a teacher. I teach 11 and 12 year olds. I'm a sixth grade teacher. And they love Creed. Like, they love Creed. And they have no idea. They did, like, they don't know that Rocky is a thing. Oh, no. But they love Creed. <laughs> so, um, that's my number two. Number three is purely out of enjoyment is The Replacements. Ah, solid. I love that movie. Like, I absolutely love that movie. And I know it's another football movie, but, like, Footsteps Falco from Ohio State, of all places. Um, Just the lines. I remember seeing that movie as a kid. And, like, growing up, I always played quarterback. And that speech he gives at the end of the game in the huddle – like I grew up, like I'm gonna do that someday. Like chicks dig scars, but glory lasts forever. <laughs> and he goes out and throws the game-winning touchdown and all that stuff. And like, you know, they be they knock the walls down. I love it. Um, so that's my number three. I, it's hilarious. It it has got the love story. The football is great. Uh, but it's it that's my number three. Number four uh, is miracle. And I know it's a Disney movie, but um, the historical aspect, it's I – mean, when you sit back and research it, like it, it's got to be the greatest upset of all time. I mean, Russia has won four straight gold medals. Um, they, I mean, they're like seasoned vets. I mean, they're, if they don't play hockey, like they're getting killed. They're getting like sent to the firing squad. And these guys have played together forever. Uh, they're just so dominant. They took the NHL All-Stars to the woodshed. And then you're going to go beat them with a bunch of college kids, with a bunch of amateurs. Like, it was pretty impressive. I mean, that to me, the historical factor, and plus the Disney touch on it, like it's so dramatic. <laughs> but So that's my top four. Remember the Titans, Rocky, the replacements and miracle. And let me, before you start, here's my list of movies that I have not seen. I'm losing credibility as I do this. <laughs> Hoosiers, never seen it. Don't waste your time. Field of Dreams, never seen it. Mm. Major League, never seen it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Calm down. That's, that's enough out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Caddyshack, never seen it. Bill Durham, never seen it. Jesus. The original Longest Yard, never seen it. Well, that's fair. But, yeah, so take it for what you will, but I don't really give a crap. That's my top, That's my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, so um, I'll try to follow that up. Um, first and foremost... You're foolish because the first one on my Mount Rushmore is Major League. Like, just what a great movie! Just a bunch of ragtag baseball players. Like, who's who's what's Vaughn? What's his name? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's Vaughn. What's his name? Character. Yeah, uh, um, what is it? Ricky. Ricky Vaughn. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Vaughn. Vaughn. Like, 
come on, man. Wild thing. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, yep. wild thing coming out the pen. Can't throw a strike. Like, never Willie seen Mays, it. Man. Wesley Snipes, Willie Mays, Hayes. Like, oh, man. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Like, I, you guys will grow to know that if I didn't play college football, I probably would have played college baseball. It is a incredible love of mine. So yes, very easy that major league's gonna be in my on my Mount Rushmore. Followed very closely by the Sandlot. Because what ten year old boy didn't watch the Sandlot and wanna be uh, a baseball player? And you know I had the Sandlot and I, I took it off. And I actually took it the I actually took the the other movie off as well and put the replacements because to me replacements was great but i like the sandlot sandlot's up there and i'll come back it's i mean it's just your everyday just good movie just you know you're killing any kids if there's any kids under 20 listening to this podcast thank you spread it spread the word to your friends but also like you guys don't understand what it was like to like be in the summertime go outside all day and just play knock on doors backyard ball like football baseball anything you guys don't get that so the sandlot is the last little bit of like our childhood which is hey let's let's just go round up the boys in the neighborhood and try to play like some baseball somewhere or or the the defeat of you only got two like for instance where i grew up uh we used to play with real baseballs until we hit our neighbor's car with a home run so then we had to play with tennis balls, and you'll never understand like just the pure just disdain for the guy that pulls one a tennis ball far left and hits it into the woods, and now we don't have a ball to play the rest of the day. You're not going to the woods to get uh, the ball. Yes, uh, you guys are also going to learn. I'm not doing anything risky. I kind of like living. Would like to stay on Earth as, as long as possible. Uh, no telling what's in the woods, so no, not going in there. Uh, but so that put that put Sandlot as two, number three. Remember the Titans. It's not these are not in order, but to um, to your point, like I mean, just Denzel, like what a guy. Oh um, yeah, you know what a story. Um, actually met um, a couple of people that were from the town and like they were just giving me the, some historical backing. Uh, well, I thought you were going to say they met, you met like, uh, like Petey Jones or something. No, nah, <laughs> I wish, I wish that'd be fire. I did, I did meet uh, radio, which was kind of cool. Uh, the real radio met him. Seriously. Before. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, guy, Raphael Little was my running back. Uh, was our running back, excuse me, my freshman and sophomore year, and he went to uh, the same school as we're ra- radio, and so he actually what happened? Was the honorary captain for our game. Cool. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What happened to C- Cuba Gooden Jr.? Like, what happened uh, to him? He's still around. He played OJ in the FX series. In Did school. he really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr., how about that? But so, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I don't you can't have a respectable Mount Rushmore top five, top ten, whatever, without remember the Titans. I can't no, can't do it. So uh, they're on there, and then four, and I can't believe you left this off. 
Talladega Nights, man. Come on. Like, really? Come on, man. Like, I would put Happy Gilmore above Talladega Nights. Listen. Are you serious? You put Talladega Nights on your Mount Rushmore? Adam Sandler takes his contacts out, washes his face. You know, It's not Adam Sandler. Uh, and Happy Gilmore. I get that. What are you talking about? Listen, he takes his contacts out. He washes his face. He gets on his knees before he gets in bed, and he says his prayers. And every night he prays that he wakes up as funny as Will Ferrell. And every day he's got to wake up and just know that. No, Talladega Nights is funny. Talladega Nights is hilarious. I mean, Shake and Bake, The Magic Man. Uh, <laughs> Why am I even talking to you? Dear, dear little baby Jesus. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, that that movie's incredible, and I, I'll watch it and cackle at it. Like, I've never seen it before every time it comes on. Man, um, that's wild. Talladega Nights. Wow. Got to got got to be on the. Would I mean, never have guessed. Listen, and this will probably be the first and last time you hear me talk about NASCAR. So there it is. But <laughs> so you say Nights. NASCAR sport? All right, hot take number one of 2019. Oh, you ready for hot take number two? Well, no. Well, what I'm surprised the like the black guy says that NASCAR is a sport. Mm-hmm. That that's impressive. Listen. I'm not going to drive 200 something miles an hour around a circle. Like, that's just. By yourself? Seems you wouldn't do risky. it. You wouldn't do it by yourself? I don't have a radio or anything. Like, what are you. I'm not trying to talk to you for however many laps they drive. Like, I'm not saying much. you got to go, but you got to go do like the, the NASCAR experience. You go to Disney World. They got yeah. like the Ricky or the, what's it, the Daryl Wall trip? Something like that. I don't know what it is, but you go around and you get in the car and you drive and the whole track's yours and they get, they're in the little booth and they got the headset. Nah, nah I'm fine with it. I'll, I'll watch Talladega Nights, laugh, and you let... that'll be it. <laughs> wow. Um, Talladega Nights, coming in hot. Um, you mentioned movies that you haven't seen. I'm mentioning movies that are nowhere to be found anywhere on my list and it will never be found on my list. Really? Rudy, what a terrible movie. What, AJ, what a, what it's this? the first movie. It's like, that's my number five. Got it. So that's my number 525,600 minutes. Like, that's a terrible movie. Like, no. You think Rudy's terrible? Why? Yes. It's not, like, it's not terrible. It could not be in your Mount, like your Mount Rushmore, but it's not terrible. If I'm showing my future generation of kids any movie to talk about sports, Rudy's going to be the last one that I show him. Are you like the, the whole message of getting that sack at the end and like perseverance prevails and yeah. nothing? It's just not Doesn't real. Do it for you. It's just not real. <laughs> like this, well, this five, neither is Rocky. This, this, this five, neither four is guy, the Sandlot. This, this guy, this five, four kid that's a walk on that loves Notre Dame and getting on the field and, and doing anything incredible. No, that's, not, un, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. If it was touted as, if it wasn't touted as a true story, would you put it on there? I'd be more susceptible to put it on there. So to you, it's that it's, it's touted as true. And, yeah. You're a big fan of Joe Namath, who comes out here like every year and it's like, nah, nobody really liked Rudy. Like he, nobody really cares. I mean, yeah, 
That's my that's my number one movie, not on the list. I got a whole list of movies that like my honorable mentions. I think my honorable mentions is twice as long as my Mount Rushmore. I uh, see, and that's why we called it Mount Rushmore, not honorable mentions. Yeah. So you mentioned <laughs> radio. I put radio in as a like that's a distant out there we are marshall i think is a pretty unbelievable story like uab canceled their program but marshall's football team died yeah yeah they didn't have the best ending like that's that's tough um the program is one of those that i don't think is that great but it's a cultural thing yeah it was kind of yeah. like to me and this is also my list any given sunday like oh, yeah. the oh, the yeah. pro the program is to college football as any given sunday is to the nfl Oh, like I, the program was one of those where it was like, oh shoot, this is what really happens. In oh yeah, like football. you always dreamed about like being like Darnell Jefferson, and being like, wow, they got my name up on the scoreboard, all the pretty girls taking me around. Like yeah. that's what you dreamed about. But any given Sunday to me, like that's a hell of a sports movie. That movie packs a punch. Any given Sunday, definitely up there. Um, the greatest, the greatest sports speech of all time. Oh yeah, the, the Al Pacino. Inches, they're all the inches. Us. Yeah, that's the greatest us. sports speech. Steeman, Willie Beeman, LL Cool J. <laughs> that was like, roughly up there. Yeah, that's a hell of a movie. Um, yo, this is any like, love for Space Jam, dude? I have Space Jam on my list. There you go. There you to go. me though, not good enough of a movie. Cultural phenomenon, but not good enough of a movie. Gotcha. Um. um you know what was shocking to me when I started creating this list? Um, I had a lot of basketball movies on here. So, like, really, I was worried about having too much football movies. You say basketball movies? Yeah. What about what about what about Coach Carter? I love Coach Carter. I love He Got Game. I love um, love and basketball. Love and basketball. Like these are just like just really good sports movies. Blue Chips is another one. Like just love that movie. Coach Carter's incredible. I remember watching that. I think I was in eighth grade in the theater, like thinking how cool that was. So, you know, in, in um, my high school was brand new when we went there. I was the second class to make it all the way through. So um, when I was in eighth grade, my high school was opening. And so our school chant, because we were Jerome, Dublin Jerome High School, our school chant was J what, J Rome. From that movie, Coach Carter. <laughs> They're like, Rich, what? Rich, what? Um, yeah. You know another one that I can't leave off of here? Uh, a League of Their Own. Yeah. What a, what a, just a damn good movie. That's a good movie. That's a really good movie. Um, I read recently that um, they need to make a spinoff movie. From There's a scene in there. When the, Where the when black the, lady throws the ball back in? Yes. Yep. And like those girls are all like in the black lady Negro leagues, like that would be a hell of a movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm here for that. Here's, I mean, there's a couple things like golf movies, Ten Cup, Legend of Bagger Vance. Mm-hmm. Um, now you could put Happy Gilmore in there. Happy Gilmore, right? <laughs> um, also, like, isn't uh, what's his name? Um, who's in? What's the guy in Ten Cup? What's his name? White guy. Uh, Kevin, no, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Is that? Yeah, Kevin Costner. He's in 10 Cup, Field of Dreams, 
Isn't he in Bill Durham? Bull Durham, yep. Or Bull Durham, yeah. And then he's in For Love of the Game. Do you remember that movie, the baseball movie? Where th- uh, Billy Chapel throws the no-hitter or the perfect game. Yeah. Is there like, does he take the Mount Rushmore of actors in sports movies? Oh, he's also in uh, Draft Day. Oh, yeah, he is in Draft Day too, isn't he? Yeah, he's got to be up there, right? That's a lot of sports movies. Okay, so here's my last one. That if you decide to put The Sandlot in, this is what I took The Sandlot. The Sandlot is originally in my list. I take them out, and I replace it with The Mighty Ducks. I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I love The Mighty Ducks. Uh, but then I ended up taking that out, too, for the replacements. Which is fair. But yeah, I don't hate the Mighty Ducks being taken out. That's a great sports movie. Um, it's a pretty successful franchise of movies. I mean, they led to an NHL team, right? They did. Also, some of the the, the most fire uniforms to ever be created. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A ninety, a ninety, what ninety six Charlie Conway? Yeah, just just solid uniforms. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Just to recap, I got Remember the Titans, Rocky, The Replacements, and Miracle. That's my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and I'm going Remember the Titans, Major League, Sandlot, and Talladega Nights. Yeah, so tell us what you think. Tell us if it's trash. Tell tell us if you think it's fire. Like, let us know. Um, Please. Where tell us what you're. Us? Where can tell us tell what us this, Kevin. Well, you're just taking us right to the outro. That's all. That's so you got to go to. Um, oh, you made it today. What is it? <laughs> so Instagram um, and Twitter. You made it. What is it? Tag? I got Instagram or Twitter. It's Peace of Mind six one five. Um, or you can reach out to us in the old fashioned sense. Telegram, no, but by email, uh, peace of mind 615 at gmail.com. We'd definitely love to hear from you. And Twitter, Twitter also, peace of mind 615. We made it easy for you all. That's right. So, um, yeah, give us a piece of your mind. That's the whole point of the podcast is you got two just regular guys that played a little bit of football. We coached a little football, so we think we know a little bit about football. And, um, and so we just wanted to give a peace of mind. If we, we talk on a fairly regular basis, we figure we might as well just live the dream, talk about it on a podcast. So I agree. What, tell a friend to tell a friend about the pod. Yeah. Um, appreciate you listening. Um, this is, I mean, AJ, what do you think? First time. It's, it's first time we've got the jitters out. We promised, um, uh, to not only continue to give you guys um, good content, but we'll get better at this. We'll, um, if I know anything about Kevin, he doesn't do anything half-assed, so he'll make sure that we both get better at this. But um, Real student of the game. <laughs> real just blue-collar hard worker. Just gym rat. I'm like a first one in the podcast studio last night. <laughs> the podcast studio. Coach's son. Yeah, oh, one. yeah. But um, – Definitely would love to have y'all's feedback, but uh, we'll get better as time goes on. And um, I think that one of the big things we'll start doing, too, is uh, perhaps before we release um, 
each episode, we'll give you guys kind of an insight to maybe what our 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 order or our topics are going to be so that you can give us some feedback, give us some ideas, but also kind of have an idea what's coming up too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Where are we at? Hour and 48 minutes? That's probably a little longer than what we thought, but, you know, appreciate you guys. Just for those of you who have made it this far, uh, appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we're going to do this weekly, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll see you next week. Um, we'll talk about the things, maybe mention on the things that we talked about tonight, like Jalen Hurts, if he's got a home by then, um, you know, things like oh, that. Well, definitely, like you mentioned earlier, we're fans of all football. So I think next week we'll also definitely dive into these playoff matchups as well. Yeah, we got to. We got to because they're too good. The, the, the wild card games were too good. I know we made our – we probably talked a lot. I mean, well, we spent 10 minutes on the intro. Mm-hmm. We're going to – we got to be able to touch on those NFL games for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. And then, um, like we said, the more feedback we get from you all, we'll, we'll tinker the show to, to make its best efforts for y'all. Yeah, so appreciate your audience. Appreciate you, AJ. Thanks for uh, giving a piece of your mind and sharing a bourbon with me. I appreciate it, man. Look forward to doing it again here soon. All right, bud. So we'll see you all. Have a good night. See you.